Hey guys, it's Morgan, Ellie, and Sadie. And we are so excited for this podcast, podcast number four. And tonight I have with us one of my really good friends that I grew up with. I'm not going to say his name yet. He originally went to Jolie Barber, but then came to Lebanon High School. He was a Lebanon Yellow Jacket athlete. He was actually our varsity quarterback, and he played baseball and went on to play baseball in college at SBU. I'm sure a lot of you already know who I'm talking about. He serves in our community as a youth pastor at First Baptist Church. And growing up, I was just able to see God work in his life and The trials that he went through, God turned into his testimony, and God called him to preach, and he accepted, and I'm just really proud of the person he is, and really thankful that he was able to come be on our podcast so you guys can hear his words of wisdom. So we have with us, drum roll, (laughs) Luke Winfrey. Hi, Luke. Hello. Hey, it's a great to be on here. I just want to say thank you, and I'm super proud of all of you for doing this. This is amazing. Well, thank you so much. We are glad that we have the opportunity to do this, and really glad you're here with us. So, Luke, the first question that we ask all of the people that come on our podcast is, when was a time that God was real in your life? So we want to give you the opportunity to answer that question. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, but just to start off, like, I think God is real every day in my life. And that's what makes following him, I think, so easy is because every morning that I wake up, every breath that I take, um, I experience the realness of God. And I'm so blessed to be able to do that. But also just, you know, one of my favorite moments and just experiencing God, you know, is in the sunrise in the morning, normally in a tree stand, watching his creation come to life. Um, You know, just I feel like I'm so close to God in that moment. And he is so real. Mm -hmm. But truth of the matter is. I experience the realness of God every single day. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're looking for a singular moment in my life, and I think it's important to have these like single moments where you just really see God show up um, so you can reflect on, because not every day is going to be easy. And so having these moments in your life that you can look back on is like, I remember when God showed up in that moment. Um, and for me, it's part of my testimony. And so it was my sophomore year of high school. You know, I had six surgeries in six months. Um, in the middle of all that, God showed up, um, and he really just laid on my heart this immense amount of peace that what I was going through, these hard times I was going through, um, it wasn't for nothing, and that God was going to use it, and he had a plan, and he had a purpose, and he was going to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it into good, and seeing God fulfill that in my life um, was, one, a huge blessing, but two, just showed me the realness of God and how faithful he is, because um, there was nothing that I did. It was all on God's back and what he was doing. But he's so faithful in everything that he does. Um, and that's one of the my favorite attributes about God, about his character, is that he is faithful. And he's faithful to each and, one of, each and every one of us, even though we don't deserve it. And so if I had to look back in my life, I hold on to that moment. And I remember, you know, the pain and the hurt and everything that I was going through during those days, you know, not being able to go to school, not being able to play sports, um, experiencing real pain. But I remember the the breakthrough and the deliverance that God provided me. And so in that, um, obviously, you get to experience the realness of God. But again, I'd say I experience the realness of God every single day. Yeah, that is so good. I remember I was blessed to be your friend during that time. And I remember hearing like 
something had happened again or something didn't go right. And you were so positive throughout it all. You made jokes about it. You stayed positive and you just kept thanking God for what he was doing rather than focusing on what was not going your way. And that was just awesome to see. And I think that totally happened for a reason and God turned it for good. He used what the devil is trying to get you down. And that made your testimony and made you even stronger when he called you to preach. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was the hardest time in my life, but it's something that I would never go back and change. Yeah. Uh, just because of what God was able to do uh, through that. And so, yeah, I had to miss countless days of school. I think my sophomore year, that spring semester, I went to like 20 days of school and I had to miss all those others. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, sometimes when I'd be have a smile on my face, it was for show because I didn't want people to know the real pain that was going on. Um, but God did show up and he showed out and I was able to experience the realness then. And that's something we're going to talk about is the focus. Um, we're gonna. There's a few questions there, um, but we have the opportunity as Christians. We can either focus on the negative things going on, or we can focus on the extreme positive. Yeah. And so, got to choose to focus on the positive. Yeah, and I love how Luke talked about how God shows up every day, not just in the moments when we're struggling. Um, and that is something that I experience on a daily basis. Also, is that God is always real in little moments in my life. And I love how he shared and talked about that moment with all of us. It can be as simple as like the birds chirping. And I know Luke said in the tree stand, when we go hunting, I know, especially with our papal, that's one thing he always says is like, wow, like, look at this, look what God created. And so it's just really cool. All right, Luke, our second question. um, If some people do not know what you do here in Lebanon as a youth pastor, we just want you to explain your role in the church and your mission for God. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the student pastor at First Baptist Church, Lebanon. So that means I am over the sixth through 12th grade and what a blessing it is to be able to serve and to help all those students and honestly they are such a blessing to me every single day Uh, I enjoy going to work I don't even consider it work uh, just because of the relationships I get to build through that Um, and just kind of like my goal and my mission through that is our church's mission and that is to build bridges one relationship at a time and so what I want to do is I want to be that bridge that helps somebody experience the love of Jesus Christ Um, and so I want to be able to reach out to them wherever they are at and help them realize, you know, where they are at is not where they have to be and that they can step into the, the presence and the realness of God and into the love of Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah, Luke does a lot of things this weekend. He actually just had a big conference. Um, what was that, Luke? Yeah, we had a Disciple Now weekend this past weekend at the church uh, where 6th through 12th graders came in and we just worshiped Jesus for 40 hours straight. It was absolutely amazing. And we were able to grow as disciples. So that's why my voice sounds like it does. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little hoarse. Uh, I lost it. But if it cracks a few times, I hit puberty a few years ago, so that shouldn't be it. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was an amazing weekend. Yeah, that's amazing. And just finding ways to get youth involved and tell them about Jesus. Like, wow, what an opportunity we have. And that's why we started this podcast, because we want people to know Jesus and how awesome it is and how awesome it is to experience his realness. Yeah, for sure. All right, Luke, who has been the biggest influencer and supporter in your life? Yeah, this is a an extremely tough question. And because I look at my the team that God has blessed me with. And honestly, I'm just overwhelmed when I look at the team around me. And so, one, obviously, I'm going to have to go with my family, uh, my mom, my dad. You know, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for them. The constant encouragement and love and support they show me, uh, my grandparents, um, but also my sisters, my older sister, keeping me very humble 
you know, and just everything that I go through, keeping me on track, telling me what is right and what is wrong, and just being brutally honest with me. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. And then also my younger sister, Kelsey, uh, her just pushing me on a daily basis, just being real competitive, but also just the love she shows me. Um, but also um, my fiance, Emily, uh, she is also, she inspires me on a daily basis to to live better, to be a better Christian, to be a better follower of Jesus. But also she inspires me to work harder and become better um, in who I am for myself. Uh, but also who I am for the Lord. And so I would not be here if it wasn't for her support and her love and her influence in my life. Um, But also just the friends that God has blessed me with. And I'm extremely blessed to have a great group of friends that were are able to pour into me and to keep me in check and to keep me in line. And I think it's so important to have that accountability in your life uh, for when you start to step out of the line, they, they bring you back. Um, and they're not afraid to tell you that. And so I'm extremely grateful for my group of friends as well and all their support. I think it's so awesome looking back at high school. We had a lot of friends that were great Christian people and we held each other accountable and we were able to go worship together and we all went to church together on Wednesday nights. Like we have some really good times and sometimes teenagers these days and it's not all but talking to other classes they say well I don't really have that group of friends that love the Lord and pursue God and I was blessed to have that I feel like Luke was blessed to have that and that's what we want to create more of teenagers who love the Lord want to pursue him want to have more and we're going to have some questions about that here in a minute Okay, so I'm going to ask question number four. So, Luke, what helped you stay rooted in Jesus while being an athlete and a student? Yeah, so I'm actually going to turn this uh, question around to Sadie because I want to hear her response. So as an athlete and a student in high school right now, what keeps you rooted in Jesus? Okay, Luke, that's a good question. So the main thing that I always think of when I hear that question is my sister has always told me, is that you're only playing for one person, and that's Jesus. And, you know, through anything, I am always going to do everything for Jesus. And I feel like living for the Lord, that pushes me to be the best I can be. And in high school, it is not easy. There are people that are going to bring you down. There are people that don't believe the same thing that you believe. But I feel like as a Christian, you know, I'm going to stand strong on what I have learned in my past. And... By being an athlete, I feel like one of the main things is just knowing that God is with me through everything, and I cannot do anything without Him. And it's like that verse through God, you have everything. You have everything through Christ. And so He gives you strength, and I feel like as a high schooler right now, you know, the main thing that I need to focus on is just living for God, and I want to be an influence on the other players that are on my team and the other people that are in high school as well. Luke, I remember when you played football, you always um, said like you had a lot of responsibility on you being the quarterback. But I remember one time you told me you just always remember who you're doing it for. And that's all you focus on was Christ, that he was the one that was going to help you do it. And if you made a mistake, it was okay because you still had him. And I I just remember you talking about that one time. Yeah, playing uh, football, especially in Lebanon and being the quarterback in Lebanon, it was not the easiest job. Um, It was actually quite difficult. But as I see that, and I think your answer was great, Sadie, um, as an athlete and a student. Um, and just to carry over and what that is like, um, the biggest tagline that we had and is audience of one. And so that's kind of a big statement going around for Christians, but 
it's different. It's more than just a statement. It's actually living that out. And so um, I think having a great group of friends to support you in that. And so it really wasn't until like our junior year. Yeah, our sophomore, freshman, sophomore year, we still love Jesus. But, you know, when you're in that stage in high school, honestly, you're trying to fit in and you want to be cool. You want everybody to like you. And so you're trying to testing the waters. And finally, I think our friends um, finally are like, you know what, who cares? You know, we're going to go out there and we're going to represent Jesus Christ. and We're going to do it together. And if you're going to be with us, do it with us. If not, oh, well. And so, you know, we just had fun with it. And I think, number one, it came from that is our audience was Jesus. And so when you're playing football, especially in Lebanon, you look up to the stands, there's thousands of people up there. Everybody knows. Everybody knows when you make a mistake, they see you make that mistake. They're not afraid to call you out on that mistake later on in the week. But ultimately, you're not playing for their satisfaction. You're not playing for their praise. You're not playing for their glory. No, you're playing for Jesus and you're playing for him. And that's where that statement audience of one, it's so big. And I just remember us going around the locker room and writing it on our shoes because we wanted to, we wanted to remember it. And so, you know, one thing you do in football before every single play almost is look down. And so I had it written on top of my shoes, A01. And just remember, hey, I'm playing this play for Jesus Christ. And the beauty about playing for Jesus Christ is that he's already called you worthy. He's already called you good enough. And so basically all he asks from you is, hey, give me all you got. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you're working for God and not for man. And so that told me God created me good enough. Good enough. He created me with these talents, these abilities. And as long as I go out there and play the best and the hardest I can and represent him, then man, he is well pleased. He is happy. And so that was my biggest thing is, is the AO1 and living that out, not just on the field, but also in the hallways and in, in school and everything that you do. Um, but here's the other thing is I'm super competitive and it's sometimes hard to represent Jesus in a sport because that competitive spirit starts getting fired up and you get angry, you get upset. And so a term I learned later on in college, it's called dub dub. And I love this saying. And what it is, is you're every single game you're playing for a dub dub, the big dub, which is for Jesus. You're trying to represent him and you do that through how you play, how hard you play, and the way you play. But then you're also playing for the little dub, and that's the win the game. Because as Christians, God didn't create us losers, right? He wants us to win. And so <laughs> we're going out there every single time, and we're trying to compete for that dub dub. I like that. That's good. Yeah, and one thing, um, I was a little, a lot smaller than I was now. I mean, am now, but I remember as being Morgan's sister and her being friends with Luke, I remember after every football game, he would always have a smile on his face. If they won or if they lost, he'd always have that joy. And it's not, I mean, he probably wasn't happy. Like you said, he's competitive and he wants to win, but just that joy from God and the opportunity that he's healthy and alive and ready to play the game is something that I remember so clear. And it wasn't even when he was just playing football, even every time I would love for Luke to come over to our house because he was so happy and full of joy. And I'd always ask my sister, is Luke coming over like I would love to see him just because he has that joy and that love of God inside of him and when they did win they'd all sing victory in Jesus (laughs) really loud and he'd lead them in prayer and they gave all the glory to God I remember that so clear yeah that's a that's a fun story so that actually started our senior year and it honestly started kind of as a joke you know we were in practice one day and it's called victory formation. So if you're winning a ball game, it's called victory formation. And so uh, as we would approach the line in our victory formation in practice one day, we started singing victory in Jesus. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And so um, 
when the game we were in a game it was our first game of the year our senior year and we were winning and coach calls victory formation so we're like we're doing it let's do it and so as we started walking to the line we started singing victory in jesus and i can tell you what the look on the other team's face when we started singing victory in jesus right there on the field <laughs> they're going they're like what in the heck so it was awesome and then after the game of course in the huddle the whole team sang it together um but also our senior year is pretty cool um you know it was just us captains me Corey dudley adrian palmer and kenyon breedlove we were like hey you know what, we're going to have fun this year, but we want people to know that this is for Jesus. And so after we break out, we run to the middle, we're going to break, go run to the tunnel, be at midfield. And after we weighed the flag, us four were like, hey, let's go to the end zone and let's just pray over this season. Yeah. Let's pray over this game. We really didn't think anything of it and we weren't doing it for anybody, but we just wanted to pray together and kneel. And this is one of the most powerful moments in my high school career because as we got up, and we looked behind us, the whole team was on their knees praying. That's awesome. And we didn't communicate That's that. Like using chills. We didn't, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't communicate that to the team. It's just totally that they just followed us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know if you're a high schooler listening to, that, to this or what, but whatever the Lord has laid upon your heart, step out in faith and do it. Mm-hmm. And we just we ask that question. like, when have you seen God be real in your life? Well, if you're going to step, step out and take a leap of faith like that and you just do it and then watch God show up. Because he will. He will show he will, up, and, yeah. it, and it will be incredible. Okay, Luke, we have question number five. What was your biggest challenge while trying to serve God? This is a million-dollar question. This is um, this is a tough one, but I think it's something that we all deal with, and I think it's ourselves. And I think the biggest thing that gets in the way of, you know, me in high school serving God um, and what still gets in my way today is myself my own selfish desires, um, the pride of life, you know, the lust of the flesh. I think all that is what gets in all of our ways of serving the Lord. And especially in high school, when you're trying to find your identity and you have your, your friend groups and, and you want them to think you're cool and you want, you want to be awesome and, and everything like that, you know, it's challenging and it is, it is super hard to do that. Um, but it has never been easy to follow Jesus. Right. It's never been easy. It's always been a challenge. You know, we look at the disciples. Okay. So we look at the disciples, the the 12 closest followers of Jesus, right? Going all the way back to the first century. And we think, we're like, man, wouldn't it have been awesome to follow around Jesus for three straight years? And we're like, man, I'm so jealous. I wish I could have been that close. I wish I could have heard all of his teachings. Man, I would just soaked it up. And then we read about how they just done stupid stuff all the time. And they doubted Jesus over and over and over again. We're like, I would have never been that dumb. Like, man, I wish I could have just been there. And so we're focusing on the good things that the disciples experienced. What about everything else the disciples experienced? Mm -hmm. Man, the, the disciples had hard. Mm-hmm. They literally picked up their life and started following this random guy, yeah. Jesus, right? They left everything. They left their family. They left their friends. They left the life that they knew, the comfortable life. They went from town to town. They didn't know where they were going to sleep. They didn't know what they were going to eat. We even get a glimpse of Peter, whose mom is sick and hurting and in pain. And what a challenge that they had. They were pushed out of towns. They were crucified because they followed this guy. They were mocked. They were tortured. Mm-hmm. People judged them for what they did. And then after Jesus ascended into heaven and we see the spread of the church, and as that goes throughout, we see all of them martyred for their faith. But yet we still focus on the disciples and we're like, man, I wish we were one of them. And we got to experience that closeness with Jesus. And so I think 
to answer this question, a big thing, we're all going to face challenges. Yeah. That, that is not new for Christians to face challenges. But what's our focus in those challenges, right? So are we focusing on the good things that are happening or are we focusing on the negative? We look at the disciples and they could have very easily focused on all these bad things that are going on in their lives. But they were following Jesus. Their eyes were fixed forward and their eyes were focused on him. And when your eyes are focused on Jesus, it makes those problems and those worries seem, and those challenges seem so small. And that has not changed now that we're in the 21st century. Even though we're still going to face challenges, it's, we're still going to face hard times. But what I tell student after student after student, when you face a hard time, you face a challenge, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing because that means you're doing something right. You know, the enemy only attacks a threat, right? You look at, you look at Pearl Harbor, right, in World War II. Why did Japan bomb the United States? Because they knew we were a threat. They knew if we got into the war that we were going to be a threat to them, right? And so the same way, our spiritual enemy, there's a spiritual warfare going on all around us, as it talks about in Ephesians. It's going on all around us. Why does the enemy attack us as Christians? It's because we are a threat. And so the closer you get to God, the closer you follow Jesus, the more the enemy is going to try to bring you down. And that's where my mindset is like, bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on because, right, because Jesus already won. Whatever the enemy is going to throw at us, whatever Satan's going to throw at us, Jesus already won on the cross 2,000 years ago. And, and nothing can take that away. And so we can live in that boldness. We can live with that confidence of whatever challenges we face. But I think the biggest thing we have to do is put ourselves to the side. And so especially in high school, um, you're trying to fit in. You're trying, you have these friends. You're trying to be cool. You don't want to be made fun of. But you have to put your own desires aside and put King Jesus first over your life. And he's reigning over your life, man, and just let that inhabit your life and, and just change the way you live. Wow, I feel like I'm learning so much just listening to Luke talk right now. But I feel like for me right now, uh, that's one thing that I'm struggling with. I Something negative is going on. So I'm just looking at that every day and not focusing on all of the positives because I have a lot of positives going on too. But instead of looking at those, I just focus on that negative. And that's something awesome that Luke said and something that even us close Christians like we can work on ourselves. Like everybody can work on this. And I just am so blessed by the words you got to share. If you do focus on that negative, the one thing it can consume you, that's what the devil wants it to do. He wants it to consume your life. It's a choice daily of what you're going to focus on. What's my attitude going to be towards this? And every time you choose to look at your blessings and look toward God, it's amazing to see what he will do in your life. That was just so good, Luke. Thank you for sharing. And the whole time Luke was talking, it reminded me of this chant that I came up with a couple years ago. And it says, <laughs> it said, if God's number one, he can't be number two. With God on our side, there's nothing we can't do. That's so and that's a little <laughs> chant that I came up with a couple years ago. And the whole time Luke was talking, that's what it reminded me of. With God on our side, we can do anything. And I think through high school, you know, that's what each high school kid needs to know. Like, if God is on your side... You can do anything. And it's not always the cool thing to do. Like he said, we try to be cool. We want to fit in. Is following Christ and putting him number one always the cool thing? Absolutely not. And that's why like the biggest challenge, I'm going back to the the main the main focus of that question was what's the biggest challenge of following of following Jesus? And that is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Jesus, when the disciples asked, 
you know, how do I follow you? He says, you must first deny yourself. You must first deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. And so I think that's so important that even us today, when you're in high school, when you're in middle school, wherever you are at in life, if you want to follow, follow Jesus, the biggest challenge is going to be yourself. So you got to deny yourself. You got to deny your your own desires, your your own flesh, and and you have to keep your eyes focused on Jesus and, and what He is trying to do in the moment. And guess what? A lot of time that's going to be counter what the world wants you to do. That's going to counter what your friends want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be able to embrace that as a Christian. And I know, like for me personally, when I was in high school. I didn't necessarily have just like one friend group I hung out with because that there wasn't just one that was making all the decisions. I mean, I was friends with them, but I didn't agree with everything they were doing and I wanted to live for the Lord. So I knew, and I'm not saying I didn't have friends. God blessed me with friends from all different groups because I was focused on him and I was following him throughout my high school. And that's something I want to encourage you with today. Like if you are struggling with this or you feel like just because you aren't making the decisions as your friends, the same as your friends, you do not, that does not mean that you are not cool and you are not loved and you're not an awesome person. Because if you are focusing on God and following God, he will bring you friends and he will bring you happiness and joy through him. Yeah, that's so good. And so Exactly. If your friends are going to make fun of you for the way you live and for your convictions um, because you are a follower of Jesus, are they really your friends? True. And maybe maybe God is doing a pruning in your life about, you know, who should be your close friends? Who should you be surrounding yourself? Because I promise you, I promise you there's people in your school right now that are going through the same things. I promise you that there's other Christians going around and they're going to have trouble fitting in because of the way they believe. And maybe they just need somebody to step up and be a leader and say, okay, I'm going to live this way. And if you're going to be my friend, that's great. No matter what, I'm going to love you. Exactly. I'm going to love you no matter what you decide to do. Um, but I'm going to live my life this way. And, and I would say just watch your friends swarm around you because they're, they're looking for somebody to do it, to step up and do it. And you can be that person that does it. Yeah. All right, Luke, that kind of brings us to our next question. I feel like we've kind of talked about this, but just to add, what advice would you give to teenagers who are trying to live for Jesus but have so many negative influences in their life? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing you need to do is take a step back. I think you need to need to reflect um, on what who you want to be and why you want to be that way. Um, because one day you're going to look back and think, why did I let that bring me down for so long? Why did I let that be in my life for so long? And so this is very important what I'm about to say. You have control over your life. God created you. He created your body. He created your mind. And you have control over it. And he created you with that. He created you with the power to make choices. He created with you the pa- with the power to make decisions. So for some people, it's time for you to take control of their, your life. You want to see the negative things go away? Well, stop putting your life in somebody else's hands and take control of your life. And the greatest way to take control of your life is to surrender it to to King Jesus mm-hmm. is to surrender it to his word, to surrender it to his guidance. But it's time for you to take control of your life wherever you are at. And and you have that capability to do that. And so when you do that, so I think the first step is to realize who you want to be and where you are going. And then number two is to take the big step of taking, removing those negative influences. It might be um, your, your friend group that you have to step aside and not go and do the things that they do. It might be a certain place that you go to hang out. You know you can know 
longer go there anymore. And whatever it may be, you have to make the decision of what you're going to do and why. And then you have to stick to it. And, and I think a big part of this is prayer and asking God, okay, hey, where in my life, what are some things in my life that I need to take out and how can I replace it? And so I think that's a big way is prayer and then getting in the word of God. Um, we want to be closer to Jesus. Going back to that, that first question is, how is God real to us? Well, the truth of the matter is God gave us his word. If we want to be in his presence, mm-hmm. if we want to be in him, we want to grow closer to him, then we need to be in his word. And so I, I love the, the fact that the Bible says the word then becomes flesh, right? Yeah. Because when the word becomes flesh, that means when we are literally reading the word of God, we are in Jesus. We are in Jesus when we are reading the word of God. So you want to start removing these negative things in your life. You're going to have to do a self inventory about who you want to be, why you want to be that way and be hard on yourself. Be critical about things that you want to remove and then stick to your convictions. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tested. You're going to have friends make fun of you. You're going to have people judge you, but you have to stick to your convictions because you know that God called you to live a certain way. I think a big thing people does is look back to their high school career and they have regrets. They have regrets about things that they did, but they also have regrets on things that they didn't do. And we're always going to have that because we're going to be hard on ourselves. But who do you want to be? How do you want to be remembered in your high school? I mean, I have regrets from high school. I have things that I, I had things that I did that I wish I could go back and change. I have relationships that I burned that I wish I would have done differently. I have things that I did and my connections with people that I wish that's not how it would have would have been. And so how are you going to be remembered? How is your legacy going to be remembered? And I, thought, I think a lot of it comes down to is removing a lot of these negative things yeah. going on. But negative things are going to happen. In your testimony, like there's things in high school that I made decisions to do or didn't do. And I look back and said, how would that, how did that affect my testimony? Yeah. How does that affect who I am? And can I go back and change that? No, yeah. I can't. But then I look at the times in my life where I totally surrendered to God and I believe those are the times my blessings came the most, like the time where I had a friend help me hold myself accountable. I was in his word every day, praying to him, seeking him. And then out of nowhere, here came my husband. And there's times where I did that and I got the most blessings. And I think it's hard to do that. And someone asked us that question last week, like, how do you wait patiently for God's timing? Because it's hard and it is hard. But like, that is what he's called us to do. And he wants us to put all of our trust and faith in him and let him take care of it. So we have to keep our eyes focused on him. And sometimes it's making hard decisions during that. But if we stay true to that, he will bless us and he will turn it to good. Yeah. And I also like how Morgan and Luke both said, talking about surrendering all to God, because my papa actually talked this morning in his service about we need to stop surrendering to other people and surrendering to ourselves and surrender all to God, because that is the only thing that we need to do. And also, Kind of like when we were talking about our friends in school and, you know, if they are your true friend, they will support you through accepting Jesus and through making him your main goal in life and through high school. And so if they don't do that, then they aren't your true friend. And yeah. Yeah. And so uh, another thing with the negativity, it's going to it's not just while you're in high school. 
there's going to be negative things happen to you throughout your whole life. In your workplace. Yeah. I mean, I can think of growing up college, workplace. I mean, I don't think you can get away from it. Even even in the church. I mean, I work in a oh, church yeah. and negative things still happen on a daily basis. But the phrase that God, I've never had like a word of the year. You know, a lot of people yeah. do that. A lot of people have that. Um, the Lord kind of laid on my heart a phrase for the year and it's winning words. It's winning words. And, you know, I, I spoke at First Baptist um, a few weeks ago and, and I talked about this, how our words matter upward, inward, and outward. Mm -hmm. So the words we say about God matter because it often determines our actions and our belief towards God. Our words matter that we speak over ourselves because it often determines what we believe in our actions towards ourselves. And our words matter about what we say over other people because it determines how we treat in our actions towards other people. And so I want to focus on that inward part because negative things are going to happen. And so what words are you speaking over yourself? If you're speaking those negative things about yourself and what people are saying about yourself, that's what you're going to start to believe about yourself. And that's going to determine how you act. But if you believe who Jesus has called you to be and you start speaking those things over yourself, oh my goodness, the freedom that brings, the joy that brings. If you're able to say, you know what, these negative things are going on, but guess what? God created me good enough. I can overcome this because greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. I, I am good enough because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I am good enough because God created me this way. And so what's your spiritual truth that that you need to speak over yourself in whatever situation? Because if you start speaking it, by golly, you're going to start believing it. Yeah. And um, like Luke said, words and actions matter. Like I hate when someone will tell me something and then um, they don't treat me that way though. And so it just makes me confused. And that's where I'm like, okay, I, Ellie, like you personally are going to have to speak words of God into your life because if someone else is treating you like this and they're going through this and putting you through this, then there are other things that come from God and things that God has in store from you. And the things that they are saying does not matter at all. Yeah. And I think one of the main things too, kind of like Ellie was talking about the words you say and the things you do and people a lot of people come up to me and ask me you know how are you so confident and how are you so strong in your faith in Jesus and I tell them you know I know I am a child of God and I believe it and I want people to see it and you know I'm going to stand strong on the truth that God has given me and I don't care what anyone else thinks because one day I'm not going to regret living for Jesus. I think Sadie's really good at being bold like that. Like she does not care what people think of her. She is who she is. She knows what God says she is. And she is going to speak truth and speak Jesus. And I love that so much about her. But at the end of your life, like I always think about the time I'm going to see Jesus's face. And I want him to say, Morgan, you good and faithful servant. That's the last person I'm going to see. Does anybody else on this earth matter? No, it's between me and God. It's me and Jesus, my relationship with him. And I want to hear those words when he speaks to me. Yeah, that's right. All right, Luke, our last question for you. Many people think that you can't serve God as a teenager and still have fun. What would you say to these people? I would say First uh, Timothy 4.12, where he talks about how as youth, you know, our behaviors and what we do, that can lead other people. And so guess what? God has empowered you. God has equipped you. And let me encourage you that you can lead people, that you you are bold enough and that you and that you can follow King Jesus. And you can be that example in your school to help bring other people to him. And so don't let anybody put you down because of your age. 
Because guess what? God has given you a, a God-sized Holy Spirit. He didn't give you a baby Holy Spirit. You have a God-sized Holy Spirit inside of you. The same spirit that lives inside of you lives inside of an adult. The same spirit that lives inside of you lives inside of an 80-year-old. So even yeah. though you may be in high school or middle school, you have a God-sized Holy Spirit living inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus. And you have to embrace that. You have to know that. And so let that be your power. Let that be your influence. And don't let anybody ever take that away from you because nobody can. All right. So God has empowered you. Okay. He equips us through his word. So let me encourage you to go out and, and live that way and live boldly for your faith, no matter your age. When it comes to the fun part, I will tell you my most fun times are serving God, yeah. going to church camp. There is nothing better than being in a room of people who are worshiping Jesus, serving Jesus, love Jesus, just a room full of believers. There is nothing better. We laugh, we sing. There's so much joy. I think that's the word. When yeah. you serve God, you have fun because he gives so much joy and purpose to your life. So you can have fun serving God. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know why there's that stigma that Christians can't have fun. I know. Um, because I mean, I feel like I've lived a pretty fun life. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I think uh, you do too. I, I don't feel like I'm boring, but anyway, uh, like at church this weekend, we had a blast at our D now. I was just giving Ellie and Sadie a hard time for not joining us. Because we, have, <laughs> we had, we had so much fun and you really can, you can have fun as a Christian yeah. and you can lead the example of like, Hey, I don't need to go out and drink to have fun. I don't need mm-hmm. to go out and do drugs to have fun. I don't need to vape to have a good time. No, all I need mm-hmm. is King Jesus and I can be silly and I can be goofy and I can still have a lot of fun doing what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's even better as Christians, we remember it. Yeah. You know, we remember having fun. <laughs> we remember all our fun moments. So yeah, you can have fun. As, I think we have more fun anyways. Yeah, so because we get to serve Jesus while having fun, guys. And we have so much purpose for our life. Like how cool is it? And I thought about this the other day. He created you for this generation. Like he equipped you. Like some people are like, oh, I wouldn't want my kids to be born in this generation, all that. But it's so cool. Like God knew what you were going to be in. He created you for that generation. He equipped you with the tools that you need to go out and serve him and lead people to him. And it's just awesome. Like the technology. Yeah. Maybe the old folks can't do technology they weren't created for that but we were created to use it for a way to serve god and i just always think about that he made me at this time for this purpose yeah we i well you you hear that all the time like uh and it makes me wonder is every generation been that way like their grandparents and parents say like i don't know if i want my kids to grow up yeah um but for me what i truly believe is that this generation is going to be the generation that brings this nation back yeah. to one nation under God. Mm-hmm. And that's and that true. is my big vision. I'm, I'm not going to limit God. And that's why I do what I do, because I want to help lead this generation in doing that. And that goes right back to your question of like, hey, we're young. That's right, we are. Yeah. We're, we're going to be this generation that we're, we're going to bring it back. We're, we're going to share the love of Jesus like nobody else. And, and we're going to bring this nation back to one nation under God. And so we have the ability to do that. Yeah. And I, one person even said to me, don't have any kids because you aren't going to want them to live in this world. And then I thought, what what can my kids do for this world? If I raise my kids to love and know Jesus and be on fire for God, what could they do for their generation? And just having that mindset of what you can do. Think about if we were all on fire for God, how we could change this generation, what we could show people about his love. And I just think I would love to see it. I want to have a big movement and I think we can do it. 
And back to what Luke said earlier, if you would just step out in your faith and make that move, just from us girls doing this, I can tell a difference in my relationship with God. And if each and every one of you would just step out in your faith and do something for the Lord, just think of that empowerment and that movement you could create through your friends or your family or this generation. Yeah, so, you know, the thing about being a Christian is you're in a relationship with Jesus, right? Yeah. And so if you're in a relationship, you have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. You ha- I mean, like, if you're in, like, a physical relationship, like me and my fiance, Emily, like, you know, we're in a relationship. You know, we have to spend time together. That's how that relationship grows. Um, the, close, the more you talk, the closer you get, and the more in love you are. But in the same thing with King Jesus, you know, the more you're with him, the more you, you talk to him, the closer you get, the more you want to do for him. But not only that, you have to take a leap of faith man, what if Peter would have never stepped out of the boat? Yeah. Right? I mean, you have to have faith. And it's scary. I it mean, is. It is. It's, it's not always He didn't know what easy. was going to happen. Exactly. He just had faith that God was going to allow him. Absolutely. But until you take that leap of faith, and, you know, sometimes it's hard making the first move and going and talking to that girl for the first time or that guy for the first time. Well, sometimes, guess what? When you're doing work for Jesus, doing something for the very first time, it's not easy. Yeah. But that's when God shows up the most. Yeah. And so take that leap of faith. And it might not work out like it might, but God might use that to benefit you in the future or use that to turn something else or make something else happen. Yeah, there's there's sometimes like, especially in ministry, I'm like throwing things out there. And if it sticks, okay, we're going to roll with it. Yeah. If not, it's like, okay, hey, back to the drawing board. Yeah. We're try Let's again. come up with something yeah. else. Well, Luke, thank you so much. I am so excited for everyone to be able to hear this. I just feel like it was a blessing from God, something I needed to hear. I believe it's something our listeners need to hear. And I just am so thankful for you and that you were able to come speak the word of God and words of truth and wisdom to our listeners. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. And I really am. I'm proud of all three of you girls for using your influence um, to push back darkness and influence the kingdom of God. So I'm very proud of you guys. Well, thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to just be real. We'll see you next time.